1: the drink talking, with the thinking drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon, and mistress of wine, Sam Caporn. All the booze news and views, from Absinthe to Zinfandel, older Budweiser. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's the Drink Talking. I'm Sam Caporn, otherwise known as the Mistress of Wine, and I'm joined by the delicious, the thinking drinkers, Tom Sandham. Hello. <laughs> and Ben McFarlane.
2: Hello, Sam, you're right.
1: I'm very, very well, you two chaps in fine fettle. We
3: are, we're good. So,
1: moving on. <laughs> I am doing this week's spit and swallow. Good. So mine is, I have a problem with people who appear to make things that are really, really expensive just for the sake of it and just so they can clearly PR it. So I don't know if you heard about the place in Adelaide who was making $100 donuts.
3: No. A hundred dollars?
1: This actually is slightly hilarious. This is a throwback to Valentine's. And a place in Australia was creating a hundred limited edition luxury donuts, which were available in Adelaide. So it's a hundred dollars per donut. You could get six donuts for $500 and you could get a dozen for a thousand Australian dollars. What's in these donuts? <laughs> I was about to just say, what makes them so expensive, you may well ask. Gold. Uh, gold. So... Basically, the donut was covered in twenty-four carat gold leaf really? and infused with crystal champagne.
3: You can't eat gold, though. Yes, you can. Can yeah. you? Yeah. I put gold cake. leaf in
1: a prosecco jelly for New Year's Eve. You got what? I put edible gold leaf in a prosecco and elderflower well, jelly. Yeah. I mean, I'm for not New saying Year. you can't
3: put in food. Did everyone die? No, well, <laughs> well I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I <laughs> don't think you so. Do it.
1: <laughs> but the best bit, which I, that it's, I'm sorry to me, is. Um, you could then be serenaded with a song about gold while you waited for your oh, donuts. Right. So then, um, for example, have we got any examples? Gold, gold, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, always believing, <laughs> or Gold Digger yep, by Kenny yep, West, yep. or even Gold Dust Woman by or, Fleetwood Mac. Or oh.
2: going for, for, going for, going.
1: So would you uh, ever spend a hundred bucks on a gold leaf donut with Christelle no, champagne? No,
2: there? I think. Um, I don't know whether crystal Champagne is well,
1: any good or thought, not. Just buy a bottle of that. Yeah, you could buy also, a whole bottle of
3: it. Is it 100 do- Australian? It's 100
1: Australian dollars. What
3: is that, like 5p? Let's I mean, have a look at it. The what's their rate. currency? Yeah, um, I don't know. One, days. one
1: second, I can tell you.
2: I mean, anything coming from Australia where dingo's still babies, I find I find it oh difficult to really I, really... I mean, really? A donut?
1: Yeah. Uh, also, mean, this was done a year or so ago, identical thing, in New York. They also did a golden crystal donut, which was exactly mm, the same, mm, covered in gold leaf. And so they've
3: stolen the idea, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is yeah, it a donut totally. with a hole like in, in the, the middle? World. Or is it a full um, donut?
1: Didn't have that information. Mm. Well, I think a donut generally, hmm. mm. Yeah, I don't know, actually. Because it, it was Valentine's
2: way. Day and it had a hole in it, Oh. You could present oh. it as a lady. <laughs> There's only one way to present that.
3: Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That <laughs> then might be worth the money for yeah. the comedy factor. Oh, that's not too bad. Okay, so a hundred yeah. Australian dollars is fifty six quid.
3: Okay. For that's a, a donor. Yeah. Okay. That, something, a, that seems a little bit quid. more reasonable.
1: However, the one in America, which I think was in two thousand sixteen, you could buy them by the dozen for one thousand two hundred US dollars. Well, I
2: mean, I just think That if you're gonna buy a donut, with golden, and filled with champagne,
1: you got more money than sense. Well, no taste. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) no
3: no taste. No taste. Uh, So do one. But people always seem to. It's really
1: vulgar, and people keep wanting to do this. Like making the world's most expensive cocktail, or the world's most expensive burger. You know, just to try and get some press out of it and get yeah. tension, well, that's their why they're restaurant. doing
3: it. And it's worked because we've covered it on this, so you've kind does of does the crystal into their maintain hands, its bubbles so. effervescence within the donut?
1: You wouldn't have thought so, would you? No,
2: and you couldn't put it in the donut without it. I mean, it's not like you buy it into it and it'd be all liquid,
3: it would just be
1: it's probably seeps into the sponge, yeah. so I mean, it'd, it'd it's just be a, a very, soggy donut. Very it's a
3: cheap treat, isn't it? A donut. I can't it's, it find it's it weird. weird. You know, if you're going to do like, like a creme brulee or something that's got a bit of gravitas, Ooh, yeah, then it'd be fine. Or, but just a, a donut, a d- it's no, like, I know, it's like doing a like bloody a tr- or truffle, truffle or something like croissant. That. I mean, I just pick those up, just mm. willy nilly.
1: Basically, in this country, I reckon you could get a bottle of Cristal champagne for roughly 120 pounds. So it's like for 56 pounds, <clears throat> you're getting a donut with some Cristal in, mm. and gold leaf's not that expensive. Mm. Just buy a nice I, bottle of fizz. Why? Yeah. Why
2: do I think that Cristal is naff? Is um, it just because people who don't know about champagne refer to it? Is it? A, it's a bit bling, isn't it? It's, it's a bit just, bling.
1: I think if you go to anywhere like sort of you know um, those places like Nikki Beach and Saint Tropez, and people pay Cristal? loads of money, mm. and it tends to be Cristal it's because word. it's one of the most expensive, and so it is often. Use in ostentatious displays of wealth. So um, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those places, and these girls all come out carrying a bottle, and they have like um, sparklers in the top, yeah. And they play special music so everyone (laughs) can turn and watch these girls serenade, you know, coming in with this fizz, and taken to the table. So basically, everyone knows that this person's got tons of cash. It is a total moron.
3: Okay, yeah.
1: Uh, So yes, I just my spit is indisputably. Twats with too much cash who buy stupid things like <laughs> gold leaf donuts infused with very expensive champagne that basically is just saying, I've got more money than sense.
3: Like do it. one. Yeah, spit that Or it just says, I, I that really out. like donuts. I mean, I wouldn't spit it out if it tastes <laughs> nice. Go to Krispy
1: Kreme. Nice. They're delicious. I
3: don't like them. No. We no, had a no, discussion no, no. about this. They had a massive Krispy Kreme at the airport in Mexico. It's already know. come up again. <laughs> and we had a big discussion about this. They are just ridiculously sweet. You can't beat just a. Classic jam donut. Jam donut, that's what Spring we were talking about. Oh, I you know had one the other day,
1: what? a tiny little one from Eat or something like that. <laughs> it. It's from a chain. But they would these little tiny ones. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll buy one for Wilf. of course, it didn't like them, so I had to eat uh, both of
0: them. But oh, they were no, absolutely poo, delicious.
1: Poo, poo, yeah. Poo. So I've got my um, swallow. Go on. The co-op. Is extending its vegan wine range. Oh,
3: God. <laughs> the bloody vegans. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm bloody sorry referring. if you're a vegan listener.
1: Well, I think it's good to embrace what is a very clear growing trend, which yeah, is vegetarianism yeah. and veganism, and to offer consumers more choice in that regard. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Do you know why wines wouldn't be appropriate? Yeah, fine. For... Yeah, okay, fine. Oh. Yeah.
2: So they use little fish fish, bladder stuff. Ice and glass. Yeah, ice and glass to to make the wine clear. Is Mm. that correct? Filter. They use it in
3: beer, don't they? No. Oh, right, do yeah, they. No,
1: yeah, so basically you get colloids and, and sort of material in in wine, obviously beer as well by mm. sounds of it, and to make the wine clear and stable, and all wines, I'd say, get fined. So even really expensive wines get mm. fined, and certainly in Bordeaux they fine with egg white. Mm,
0: okay.
1: And, you know, just Which you couldn't, goes through the wines. and not, um, vegan. No. not vegan. Not mm. vegan. And uh, fish bladder, yeah, sturgeon mm. bladder, mm. Ice and glass is used. Mm. And another common one is bentonite, which is a type of clay. But,
3: yeah. So vegan bentonite.
1: wines just won't be fined with egg white or, or, or so ice. So they and use
2: glass. they use the clay stuff. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Do <laughs>
2: little. Maybe there's little animals that live in the clay. Yeah. And the good clay point, they can ben. take their house
3: away. And oh. well, certainly <laughs> got to be some bacteria. Yeah. Right no. There. I. Um, no. No. It's not very porous, is it? That's quite interesting, actually. Clay. Yeah how does it work uh,
1: I'm not entirely sure I think bentonite is also normally used for white wines and it can be used for fining <laughs> and it's used for filtration but you've got those of different sorts of filtration like right? cross flow right.
2: And... now do we think that someone like Co-op doing this this vegan trend mm. I think it's actually not a fad I think more and more people are becoming I worried mm. about eating as much meat as they are yeah. and just the whole food chain and stuff and and health. And health. health. So I think, yeah. yeah, although we mock it, I do think more and more people are looking at it. Um, I forgot to say, I would struggle with a vegan diet. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, But I, I do, I would think it would be really good for me to do it. Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, any it's kind funny, of diet, really. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
3: with my spawn, my off, offspring, yeah. I would need them to be eating meat. Mm. I think protein in their diet, and that's always going to be my challenge with this approach to well there's so many different parts you've got red meat you've
1: got white meat fish is obviously a massive source of protein yeah and also that's vegetarian but yeah you can't be vegetarian if you eat fish
3: pescatarian isn't it pescatarian
1: but i just think increasingly people are really looking into how to add more you know fruit and vegetables into their diets and if you take something away like meat or fish you're more likely to add more in yeah but also if you are vegan or vegetarian then, you know, it's really good to have more wines catered, mm. you know, for that. Yeah. And also increasingly, I think people who are health conscious might then be more interested in organic and biodynamic wines as well. Right. So, and, you know, this whole trend setting that we've talked about before, like the whole natural wine thing yeah. and no sulphur, low sulphur, all that kind of stuff. So people are increasingly um, interested in what they put in their body. My husband was saying he read the other day about some study that said household cleaning agents are worse for you than smoking really and just increasingly well, being aware them, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah you wouldn't want to drink your Mr Muscle um,
3: <laughs> yeah it doesn't give you it muscles it doesn't give
1: you muscles <laughs> uh, so I think there's just an increasing awareness like I've now changed all my yeah. you know laundry stuff to organic that's right. what it does isn't it you it know, shines
3: um, the light on the wider production
2: I'm
1: trying to eat a lot more twice. organic food so I'm much right. less bothered about people meat people are making their
3: own deodorants
2: aren't they you yes i all...
1: just bought aluminium free deodorant it's not right. as effective Unfortunately, we'll see how that goes down as well. <laughs> I was going to say something. Know, I've, had, I've had my normal BA bet on this morning, but I literally finished it this morning. Really? But it's a tricky one between not putting aluminium in your pits yeah. versus honking.
3: Well, it's who, just a wide are you to impress wider impression now. I
1: mean, well, yeah. I know I'm old married women, doesn't really matter. Hmm. So um, I am just looking at more errors in my life I can make some changes and if I do eat meat I do try to buy it locally and from our Mm. local biodynamic farm
3: Mm. it's good and for that reason you're sort of shining a light on it but Um, at the same time if if you're a
2: a single mum with kids on the bread line yeah yeah, yeah. a a five pound chicken that will feed your kids for a couple of days is one of the best ways of doing so, yeah, right. and, and it's all very well. The sort of middle class is saying, oh, you shouldn't be eating that, but chicken. how
1: much more is it for free range? What, what I'm so saying is the welfare
3: of yeah. humans overrides um, yeah. those of chickens, in my opinion. Well, not in your yeah. opinion, I mean, the, the history of evolution. Unfortunately, we dictates. That. Yeah, yeah. We are. humans one yes. chickens. We, we do zero. Win. We do win. Unless, unless of course little...
2: you're KFC, in which case the chickens KFC are winning. Are winning.
1: <laughs> well, the
2: KFC, they really got that
3: badly wrong. They have yeah.
1: excellent, so they're my um, two fascinating spits and swallows, and well done, um, which means we are now on to the tasting. Who is doing the tasting this week? It's me. Okay, Ben, over to you.
0: Cheers.
1: It's the drink talking.
2: Okay, so this week, I'm going to level with you. I was struggling for a theme here because <laughs> I was going to do some David's Day beers. So beers from Wales. Wales has got an amazing bruin scene at the moment. But the place I went to, the Real Ale Company in, in Little Venice, which is a great little shop. only had one Welsh beer, Tiny Rebel, which is a great beer. Um, and you only the only other Welsh-themed beer. <laughs> I could think of was a can with a sheep on it. And I thought, that is lazy (laughs) national stereotyping. So out of necessity, I scrapped that idea. And then I saw some beers with labels with ladies on them. Mm, And it reminded me that at the moment, you might not be aware of this, but there is a concerted campaign within the beer industry, mainly driven by female commentators, but also it's getting back in from elsewhere as well, to stop the daft sort of packaging of beers. That is sexist. So pictures of scantily clad ladies on pump clips and Which is obviously
1: meant to appeal to men. Yes,
2: Mm. exactly. Strange the light is, though, isn't it? I mean,
3: I'm rarely aroused by the cartoon picture, picture of, of a lady on a but pump. I think it but is yeah. and, yes. it I the the and
1: it presume it makes a brand look a bit of shit like yeah, I just like think it's my first it, you know, theory, yeah. it feels quite down market yeah. um, a bit desperate not well, it's not very in marketing. tune. If
2: you look at, I think, probably 10, 15 years ago, mm. that was kind of seen the as... The co- culture. Yeah, mm. but also a bit risque, a bit sort mm. of cutting edge. I mean, just in the fridges of this beer shop I was in yesterday, and some of the designs are amazing, especially on the cans. You've got the 360-degree mm. design, so they can do really cool stuff with it. So they've taken a sort of lead from the spirits world or the world of spirits, not the afterlife, uh, <laughs> and are doing, you know, really making their packaging look much better. So it's outdated and it's just unnecessary as well. I, I think it's offensive to women. But I also think it's offensive to men, this yeah. idea that we'll, well only buy beer I mean. because be we've a got p- a pair yeah, of knockers on it. Me, yeah. Yeah. There's
3: plenty um, of other places I can go to to find people yeah, exactly. <laughs> <have you been laughs> on, <my laughs> phone? on the
2: internet. So um, rather than just saying, oh, this is out of order, there is a campaign to ban beers from entering beer competitions that do Got still do these boots on. and innuendo laden names. So I did think, well, why not taste some beers whose labels have pictures of ladies but are very tasteful. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yes. So to just boots, show you that yeah. you
2: can have
1: Birds uh, on, the, can have, on the on the can. You can have, chicks. On, <laughs> you can have yeah. chicks
2: on the can. <laughs> and they're just ladies, being yeah. ladies living their own lives. <laughs> Strong women. Strong women and they're both good... Well, actually, I don't know whether the second one's a good beer because I've never had it. But the first beer I'm very well acquainted with. So, empty your glasses, ladies and gentlemen. Because this is from the Germans. It's Rothaus Brau. The name of the beer is Tannen Zapfler. Right, and it, it has you. a
3: lady on the front who is an illustration and looks like a lot of series of angles and lights. It's a yeah. bit like a Picasso cube.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of... Uh, it's It's a lady, a blonde lady... But she's got a kind of uh, one of those. How would you describe that? Well, uh, um, she's got a headscarf on.
1: Yeah, she looks medieval. Sort almost. of medieval. Yeah,
2: she looks like it's something like out bit, of a.
1: Um, like an old fashioned. Rapunzel. Um, yes. Like a lady from a medieval court when you yes. get those headpieces yeah. and exactly. the little veils.
2: Given the German link, you'd imagine she could be a fraulein with a. With sort of a busty, uh, well,
1: I was about yeah. to say about um, her,
2: yeah. but she's not even doing yeah. that. Her decolletage is, is covered. Yeah, um, She is, um, double fisting, she is double fisting, though. <laughs> she's no, got a pint in both hands, and she's got rosy cheeks, and she's uh, surrounded on, by on her face, she's surrounded by hanging phallus. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> those are pine like cones. The beer
1: is called <laughs> dangleberries,
2: tannin means little pine cones.
1: So I'd, I'd, I guess what I'd question is the relevance on having her on the label. Well, because she ah. is called
2: Biiget, which also is a play on words, if you know, as a German, which no. means beer makes you stronger. Oh. So this has got a real cult following. Yeah. In Germany, where this retro packaging is sort of uh, dates back to the breweries founded by an abbot in 1791, and it was sort of state owned for 200 years. But this label's been around for 30 years. And it is a and nice, and
1: bright label. It's a pretty it's a, label with the green the, in red, in German, the, like the pink the purple. But also I think it's quite clubby.
2: I think it's people in nightclubs and stuff oh. drinking this in Germany. And it's a kind of Pilsner-style lager. It's a nice beer. And I think it's a great beer.
1: What's How the right? alcohol? No, I'm obsessed by the alcohol It's mm-hmm. 5.5, did I see?
2: Mm-mm. 5.1%. 5.1%. It's obviously governed by the Reinheitsgebot, which means
1: That's they That's delicious, actually.
3: It's very easy drinking. Mm. Reinheitsgebot, just they have to make it with certain ingredients, yeah. don't they, Ben? Just yeah. what is...
1: Oh, and a question for you, Ben. Have you ever had... Um, when I was in um, Morocco a couple of weeks ago, I had Casablanca mm, beer, yes. which I really liked.
2: Well, I would. what I would say about Casablanca <laughs> beer, like all beers from hot country not all but the majority of oh. the beers we just come back from Mexico I don't know if we mentioned that <laughs> um, where the beer is reflects the climate mm. it, it tastes amazing your absolute parts it's hot and a cold lager is wonderful but quite light, light uh, Casablanca, fresh. you can get here it's, mm. and you can get it in specialist or sort of restaurants mm. Um, Moroccan ones mainly. <laughs> I would <was laughs> suggest yeah. that would be the best place yes. for them, yeah. And it doesn't travel as well. I mean, it's still nice, no, but, but no, it's And no. my
1: husband wants to talk to you about the Fosters Revival. Wow. Is that a thing?
2: The
3: Fosters Revival. I've
2: not yeah. heard of this. No, I would
1: um, You know Simon Chase, don't I you? I do know what he
2: does. Now, this man is a very educated man, very nice guy, very funny guy. He, very tall guy. Very tall. He takes Fosters <laughs> and then he mixes it with. The latest craft ale of choice.
0: <laughs> ah, so he's almost
2: like he's, a blend. He's yes, diluting. He's down taken. The... He's taking the drinkability of a cooking lager with the complexity of a craft beer. Wow, putting them Is together. There something
3: in this. <laughs>
2: and we were at the dinner party. And I've been reading the Guardian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Double whammy. Yeah. I had some, and it and it was all right. Yeah, yeah. was that the revival of which? Well, you no, talk? I'll
1: take that one step further. When Simon comes to ours for dinner, he'll bring his eight pack of. Foster's and um he's been insisting to Ed that it's really refreshing and a good drink and he's basically got Ed onto Foster's and Ed has started enjoying Fosters at home. I and think, he wants to talk to you but he was just said you've got to tell Ben about the um, foster's, fosters revival.
3: Yeah, I think that's A revival's
1: That's not the word he used, he's using use another word. Renaissance.
3: Um, T- uh, revisionist. Okay. A
2: revisionist oh, no. view oh, okay. of okay. Foster's yeah, maybe. Yeah. maybe. Uh, well, that's an interesting one. I, uh, <laughs> I shan't be drinking it. It was funny. When we were in Mexico, it's quite just, refreshing. We, we were looking at the lager, I mean, like Corona, which mm. you wouldn't
1: know really
3: it. is not a great beer. No, uh-huh. we also also drinking Victoria. I enjoyed the Victoria. Yeah. We were also drinking Ticate. Ticate. I mean, there's all these um, Mexican lagers. That are Ticate very... light. I was drinking it. Wow, well, well, that is. Yeah. It really, there's no flavour there. <laughs> but that's the thing. With Foster's, just there's, there's a bit of the flavour. Yeah, there is. And I just don't like I the I had flavor, a sip last so, night, actually,
1: and uh, uh, I thought, oh. That's all
3: right, yeah, it's a personal thing. That's Yeah. A, it's not that they're it's a flavourless well, It's through the Pinot Pino Grigio Mexico. Or
1: beer, isn't it? I'll tell you
2: what, we mm. should
3: do. I maybe. shall bring in over uh, we'll do, a to, tasting, do a blind
1: tasting. I think we need do to do a blind do. tasting mm. of
2: the four leading um Brands strength mm. mm. lagers. Mm. Mm. I think there's one that's uh, well, I won't uh, It'll spoil the surprise, yeah, keep your powder dry for that, yeah, but um. Uh, Let's yes, get f- back to the ladies. Yes, this is so delicious.
1: Is. So that's a tick for the, the um, House German. And, uh, no, it is,
2: it's a lovely pills and it's just it's very smooth, mm-hmm. easy drinking like the Germans. Have we done German beer much? Have I
3: done much? I don't think you have. But uh, I, think the important I think not thing enough. The important thing there is obviously that there's a lady on the there's bottle. There's a lady on the bottle. Uh, she's and, not uh, sexy in any hmm. way. She's a strong woman, double fisting, uh, yep. surrounded by poo. Yeah. <laughs> poo hanging from trees. There's nothing yeah. sexy about that, is no. there? No, is nothing there sexy. So? It, so it's just got proof, if we need on. it, that
2: you can put a lady on the label without offending anyone. Yeah. And here yeah. is... Oh, I've but do a we know
1: what the relevance is on having the lady? Why is there a lady on it? One, what the yeah that one oh she's
2: just
3: been on there for 30 years fine why not have a History. lady Great, yeah, Because yeah. true because so in, in Germany <laughs> it's quite traditional for women, women dressed pull, like that yeah. to serve up the beers yeah like an like Oktoberfest should, should it just be them I mean should they be you know, well at least she's the allowed tracks, to get the beer in Germany the, in track, <laughs> and they're not even allowed to go to an off <laughs> license they're not allowed to Touch it in any way in the production process, but she would serve it up like yeah, that. And in, in, yeah, and she's smiling. So yeah. she loves it. She's got it. hands
1: all over it. What's Shit. this other one? What's orange wedge? Okay,
3: <laughs> so this is oh.
2: uh, this is from the Bad Company, which stands for Brewing and Distilling. Okay, mm. they're based in Thirsk. Great day out Thursk. I, yeah, Where is Thursk? Thursk is in a right, very good friend of the who, who lived and in Thursk. And uh, we've so. actually drunk these beers while we were doing our show in York, at the Great Roadship French, which reminds me, nineteenth hmm. to twenty second of July, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, launching we are debut debuting? debuting, Debuing. Debuing. <laughs>
0: Debuing. Debuing. <laughs> debuting, Debuting. <I> <laughs> <laughs> debuting. No. Debuting.
3: Debuting. Oh, debuting. no that's not right (laughs) no no, no, I know we are Debuting.
2: we're we're debuting at the Great Yorkshire Fringe 19th to the 22nd of July our new show Mm. which is called Thinking Drinkers Pub Crawl you can buy tickets right now already on um, on sale which is on sale I think they're on our website they're on the Great Yorkshire Fringe website (laughs) certainly are right so anyway we've had these guys beers before they were set up by a guy who travelled around America uh, got inspired what's going on there and set up a brewery. Their most famous beer is called Dazed and Confused, which is a milk stout. Which is pretty good. And on the label is a lady who is sort of sat on a chariot. She's she like a Royal Britannia. It's Royal Britannia. she's, she's got, got clothes on. There's a bit of Best leg showing. Leg.
1: It's a kind of... Um, How would you feel about that? Yeah, she's, she's slightly sexy. Of a, she's yeah. clearly got quite big knockers under her dress. Barefoot. Her legs aren't quite akimbo, but it's a little suggestive. I um, don't think that's... A, well, I think they've tried <laughs> she's, to she's sort of hot.
3: sexy up the image of... Ooh. Britannia. Is she Britannia. is she
1: is that the logo of bad company? Yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know I think you'd be hard pushed to be offended by that. There's no suggestion of sort of innuendo or anything. Orange wedge.
1: Orange wedge, I don't chocolate think orange stout.
2: There was that like MP who died during sex games with an orange
3: in his mouth. But that was a oh, whole orange, it yeah. wasn't a wedge. Okay. <laughs> it was wedged in, though. It was wedged in, <laughs> so you could call it an orange wedge. Yeah, It has got chocolate in. It's um, a chocolate orange stout. So is that because of the ladies? Well, while scientific
2: <laughs> tests have proven it, as well as shoes, kittens and tittle-tattle. Chocolate <laughs> is the main thing that occupies a female brain. Mm. Most chocolate,
1: of the time. So, shoes... Kitten's no way to get it. No. No. no? Puppies?
2: Chocolate,
3: yes. Yes, yes.
1: chocolate's
2: Shoes, a big one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah chocolate's. The huge. temperature of the room seems Ma- to be a big thing.
1: Maybe for women more heading towards menopause. Well mm. just
2: generally commenting on uh, whether a room
3: is warm enough or cold enough. Not really. Criticism, yet. general yeah, <laughs> <like yeah>. criticising <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of men. This is, yeah. seems There's to a good be big on, big on your agenda. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um,
2: yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with the label. And let's see if there's anything wrong. Well, like we're, we'll we're, with kind of,
3: we're, we're kind of. Are you uh, thinking maybe? Well, it might be. It might be pushing the boundaries. That's. We've I discussed, appreciate, no. ladies and gentlemen, this is a visual discussion. <laughs> yeah. well, they can just look at online. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. We, we'll put it company. on uh, a okay. thinking drinks. I think Twitter. there's
1: two, two things. I think you can be sexy and strong at the same time. So it's not a bad thing that she look, clearly looks strong. She's got a blinking shield. Yeah. Great big fork th- thing. Forky thing. And a helmet. Yeah. So she's clearly some kind of warrior. And
3: she's holding a yeah. beer.
1: Now, for someone who's got a massive crush on the latest Wonder Woman, I think strong and sexy is quite a good thing. So yeah. she's I clearly don't... not a like, oh. I was not, quite surprised you know. with
3: that Wonder Woman. I watched that on the plane back from oh. Mexico, ladies and gentlemen. And, <laughs> Did you um, enjoy it? Honestly, I thought it was pretty <laughs> terrible. It's a superhero <laughs> film. She's not very real, is she? But I was surprised at how scantily clad she was. Given they had a chance to revise, it was quite a skimpy I outfit. Think,
2: yeah. well, why not put her in leggings? And or a pair of dungarees. I've been saying dungarees you know, No, back.
1: no, no, no. Wonder Woman has to have that little outfit. Does she? Yeah. No, the okay. boots and the little... No, yeah, I'd be disappointed if she turned up in some leggings.
2: What a nice pair of
3: jogging pants. She doesn't no. have to have so much flesh on. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was on a plane, highly charged emotionally. It was lovely to watch her. I've realised the, the key
1: to flying recently is three double gins.
3: And a plane. And that a plane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a yeah. plane
1: really helps. My husband Paul's quite strong measures and we have gin and tonic at home. So I basically told myself that three little gins on the plane's equivalent to just a gin and tonic three. at home. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was okay.
3: On a plane, you normally find um, Gordon's Export Strength, and you can find a martini, little bottles of martini. So you can actually, and this is really, I've made myself a martini on on a plane. Because you get the ice, you can stir the ice, and then you can pour it into a separate cup. And it's actually a very tasty beverage. In fact, there's a guy called Eric Lorenz who runs the bar at the Savoy, the American bar, and he made everyone martinis using the ingredients on the on a trolley, and it was like a great martini. That's so hilarious. you can do that. You can yeah. do that on the plane. Oh, yeah. well, that's just my. And then just get is abusive ashamed. with the stewardesses and yeah, yeah get to Shut up! up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I came back from Cuba one time and I drank a bottle of rum before I got on the plane. The best thing about that was I was unconscious for yeah, the whole flight. Yeah, yeah. It was Air France. They didn't have films. Oh, so it was, my, that's only, it was my, that's my only way out. The French.
2: When are they going to stop? Ooh la la. Anyway, what do so, you think about this yeah. beer? the beer—it's really smooth. tasty.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, whatever slightly you think about it, slightly chocolatey. The can. Mm. Mm. It's got orange extract in it's it. Very subtle orange, but really. No, that's it. subtle. Yeah, but mm. I mean, it not cacao. like a, sort of cloying. It's got mm. oats sort of in there. It's got a bit, of, a bit more mouthfeel to it's it. It's
1: quite wintry. It's chocolatey. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. quite a stouty, chocolatey, mm. orangey. That's really I I it's quite original.
2: Well, if you want a chocolate orange stout, it's a good one. Yeah, does what it says on the can but it yes. is
1: good actually and really different might be nice with a nice like chilli with chocolate in Mm.
2: yeah mm. No, don't say chilli yeah but remember <laughs> we said chilli was an aphrodisiac a couple of weeks ago did we we're talking about how it yeah apparently inflames the uh, the lips
1: of course it <laughs> does <down>, that's right
2: <laughs> um, and okay I did bring a third but we're not gonna taste this but this is are from Belgium. Belgian no we're mm. not gonna taste okay. it uh, just a quick one but I was mm. appalled because it's actually called slag <laughs> <laughs> it's got a picture of a shield on but Is it from Belgium? It is from the Slag Mulder Brewery. Mm. Um, It's a very well-known pilsner. You're going to have to change the name. It was just a cheap gag. And in Belgium, um,
1: where they always have loads of waffles and cream, it's called Schlagroom. It's cream, whipped cream. (laughs) Schlagroom. Schlagroom. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it it does mean different things elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So don't buy Mm. beers with sexist packaging, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. But you can buy beers with women on. Yes. It's it's looked perfectly Right. Mm. Mm. Good. Well, I don't want to tick that PC box.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well done, Ben. I really enjoyed both those beers. Normally, I've got um, the capacity to slag at least one of them off. On this occasion, delish. Thomas, you're on now.
3: Yes, I've got a um, legend.
1: Legend liquor. Good one. Or was it another animal?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um... Tequila! (laughs) Yes, as promised, ladies and gentlemen, we've been to Mexico recently, so all of my content for this, and indeed the next, will be in some way related. -related. In fact, probably the one after as well, because we'll do tequila tasting next, and then we'll go on to Mezcal. Uh, So I'll keep this going, don't you worry. If you don't like agave spirits, tough shit. (laughs) I'm going to talk about more Related content. Uh, this is Carlos Camarena. Here's my legend. Ben will appreciate this as well because we have met Carlos Camarena in Mexico, Who where is he? we were. He's a distiller and Arguably, I would say, almost definitively, the most important distiller in the world of tequila. We were very lucky to get over to Mexico. Again, we'll give a shout-out to Cask Marketing because they're the guys who organised this well, trip. Full title, Cask Liquid, Liquid Marketing. Marketing. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> And um, they took us over there and um, they look after Ocho Tequila, which is made by Carlos Camarena. It's a, a joint project. Carlos worked with a guy called Thomas Estes, who could just as easily have been my legend today, and I'm sure will be on another occasion. And uh, Thomas and Carlos came up with an idea to make a tequila that was single estate tequila. But the reason he's in there is because he makes a whole series of tequilas and he's very passionate about making tequila using traditional techniques. He's a third generation tequila maker, so his family traditions of making the spirit go back. The original Camarena family were making it right up until 1910 and then the Mexican Revolution to an end their distillery. It was destroyed during the revolution. And then his grandfather started growing and selling agave plants to other distillers. And then in 1937, he opened the La Atena, Altena. Altena. It's, really it's funny. a really difficult thing La, to say. It's because it's, it's La Altena. La Altena. La distillery in Jalisco, region very famous for its agave plants. And then that distillery was passed to his son, Felipe. And then over time... Carlos took it on. Now, Carlos, generally speaking, people really revere him for his tequila knowledge, but also for his passion.
1: How old does he think?
3: Uh, that's a very good question. I'd, I'd say, say in his say 60s, it. maybe. I'd say maybe. He's a very good-looking man. Maybe yeah. maybe not as old as that in his late 50s. He looks
2: a bit like, who's that kind of bounder, rascal character? Uh, he's, got, he's got a moustache. What's his name, the actor?
3: Errol Flynn. Yeah, but he he does quite, he's got like a, bit like a bit of Errol Flynn. Flynn about him. Very good looking, very well spoken, intelligent man. Every layer of the tequila process he's tried to really keep it in its most traditional format. Um, he's very passionate about the agave plant that's at the centre of the tequila. He's introduced the BAT program into his The what program? Fields the, bat. the BAT. The
1: BAT program. So the BAT naturally, like bats. Na- yeah. bats
3: naturally pollinate the agave. agave there are yeah, lots yeah, of ways yeah. that agave can reproduce, but essentially what happens is over the course of its life, It uses the sun's energy to create sugars Mm. and it builds up all the energy in the bulb. It actually shuts down during the day when it's really hot, and then at night it converts all of this sun from its leaves into Into its energy. After about seven years, it starts to grow a big stalk, (laughs) gets a stalk on. And the stalk takes about six to nine months to grow. And it looks a lot like an asparagus. People think it's a cactus. Uh, The agave comes from the asparagus family. And it does look a bit like an asparagus stalk. And eventually that will flower. And when it flowers, the seeds will then pass on and another agave can grow. And what the uh, agave farmers do is they cut that stalk off. And they stop that process because they want to keep all the sugars. And once it's floured, all the energy that it's built up, all that beautiful energy, it sort of Dispites. emits <laughs> through yeah, its stalk. Counting, it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, it surges through its stalk. Yeah, and, uh, and out it comes. They cut this off and it, they then plant that stalk and create another agave, but don't allow it to naturally... Reproduced through pollination So as a result The agave is a clone And that means it's not Resistant to certain Pests and Bacteria Because it's got the same Genetic makeup Every time Mm. And at the moment As we've discussed On previous podcasts There's an agave shortage uh, One that is likely To affect tequila All the way up until Potentially 1921 So this is 2021 uh, 2021, yeah. <laughs> in the 20s, thanks Ben. Where
1: the bats come in?
3: <clears throat> so the bats naturally pollinate, but they've become, not endangered, but rare in the Jalisco region because they don't have these plants to feed on and naturally pollinate. So Carlos has bought in species of agave to plant in his field and allow them to flower. And what that means is he won't be able to use those agaves for for, his his tequila. So he's taken on a percentage of his yield and he's just purely doing it so that the the bats are encouraged back into the air. Biodiversity and getting the mm. bats back. Exactly. And that's his massive passion is for the plant and the sustainability of Mm. the plant and the land. I mean, he talks about himself as a custodian of the region of the land and what he's doing will have absolutely no impact in his lifetime, probably his son, daughters, his grandchildren, none of them will benefit. It'll probably take about 80 to 100 years for this to actually have any sort of impact on the region for naturally pollinating and wild agave really flourishing again. But as he points out, it's essential for the Mexican people that these things are allowed to happen and that people take care of the land. He considers himself. What did you say? What do you call it? A agronomist. Is that right? Is that the term for somebody who's who's very passionate about the land and learns about agriculture? (laughs) Hippie. (laughs) But he's also very passionate about the people who work for him. So he's got 150 employees and he talks about them as his family. What's happened in the world of tequila is as it's become more and more commercially driven, there has been less care applied to the workforce. Some of the bigger producers are using different techniques, which are shortcutting, arguably, some of the more traditional processes. So using steam brick ovens using Tejona stones which are massive stones that crush the agave instead they're using different types of cooking methods diffusers ways of extracting that sugar that's a lot quicker needs a lot less people involved in the process and as a result there are less jobs and i think that carlos is very passionate about the people who work for him but also for the tequila industry and what it means to the people of mexico and has done for hundreds of years and he wants to preserve a lot of those traditional techniques. And, and there keep really those people isn't. Working. There
2: really isn't much in that particular region. You take away
3: that as an industry. I mean, there's other. There's obviously mm. it's not the only industry. And there, it's but tequila it's by...
1: only from Mexico.
3: Yes. Yeah. To oh. be called tequila, 100% agave tequila, it has to be, use a blue agave. Mm. It's one of the reasons why the agave shortage is so distressing mm. for them at the moment. And it has to grow in a very specific region. The most. Predominant region is is Jalisco. There are other regions where you can take from. And where in Mexico is Jalisco? It's near Guadalajara, so it's about an hour's drive from Guadalajara. Where's that? That is sort of the west. Yeah. So So is it near Mexico City? You fly Uh, into Mexico City and then you fly an hour west west to Guadalajara. But Mexico's shaped quite weird. It sort
2: of curls around, doesn't it? So when you say west, it's sort of. It it is, but it's sort of down as well it's still quite away from the sea yeah. so it's
3: not that close to the sea but it's a, it's a very hot area and they've had volcanic soil which is why the agave grow particularly well there he talks very passionately about tequila it's gone through some very difficult times agave shortages in the past have seen the big producers drive the industry towards really bad practices using sugar cane instead of agave juices to make the product and he's always been very passionate about 100% agave he uses wild yeast only wild yeast Uh, he's really clinging on to everything that's important about it
1: so wild yeast listeners you can do it in wine as well you get wild yeast or cultured yeast Mm. and wild yeast generally is a bit of a riskier Fermentation, but leaves you with a product that's more complex. So mm. it normally means someone's concerned about quality yes. and complexity. Yeah. if They use wild. So yeast. you have yes. your cult
2: If you have your cultured yeast, it's that's like a, an obedient dog. Bit you're, more painted you're, by you're, numbers. You're to You're controlling yeah. what what it does and yield and 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 flavour I mean mean, the Scotch
3: whisky industry only use a specific industrial yeast they don't talk about yeast as being important Mm. at all you talk to Carlos about what it gives to the flavour of his tequila and it's crucial and I've become very passionate about it in the world of spirits Ben has in beer and you have in wine Mm -hmm. because the argument is it's got to have some impact hasn't Mm. it to the Scotch whisky industry but Scotch then has the ageing process and wood arguably has the biggest influence of all
2: you know the wood within the vats that the tequila is fermenting has Mm. got lots Loads of critters and mm. microflora and stuff that influence what's going on with the flavors. That's where all mm. the magic is. I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't really. The, I mean,
3: the natural
2: process. I mean, the growing of the plants is mm. interesting. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks amazing, mm. and the way they crush them with the horses and the toners, and I mean, every process of it is fascinating. It's mm. fascinating yeah. and, and just really old school. isn't yeah. it? that's what's interesting.
3: And Carlos is sort of there. As a figurehead of that. So for that reason... He's your uh, legend of liquor. He is my legend of liquor. we we'll raise a glass to Carlos and we'll be trying some of his tequila in the next podcast. So tune in yeah. and hear more oh, about I feel left
1: him. out now. I haven't been to Mexico and checked out the whole process. Should go. You should go um, and do it. It's got a
3: thriving wine scene. A dozen.
1: A dozen dozen. <laughs> Maybe not so much. <laughs> well, thanks, boys. That brings us to the end of another episode of It's a Drink Talking. It's been amazing. And I shall look forward to catching up with you both next time. Yes. And goodbye, listeners. Goodbye. Cheers. This was a Grand Crew podcast from 7Digital.